You're listening to iRadio TT online all the time. Welcome to Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. The podcast series featuring news, interviews and analysis of all the music from the islands. Hello and welcome to another edition of Music Matters, the Caribbean edition. I am Laura Dorich Phillips. I'm Nigel Campbell. And we're coming to you again. Live and direct. With another healthy discussion about music in the Caribbean. Deal with it. Today we are lucky enough to have with us Josanne Leonard. Josanne is an expert who has worked in the field, in the creative industry. She's watching it funny. She do like the word expert, <laughs> but keep on it. But trust me, I could say this without putting water in my mouth. Josanne is one of the most experienced and most knowledgeable persons yes. in the Caribbean music industry, in broadcast, and as I said, the music industry generally, including copyright industries. And having this conversation, it is necessary if you have to take our music industry seriously in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes, so we have invited Josanne to join us today to discuss some of the issues related to music in the Caribbean, to give us some insights on you know, where we are in the Caribbean, mm-hmm. and specifically to look at some topics, um, yes. copyright, yes. intellectual property, and that kind of thing. So, you know, Josanne, welcome to Music Matters. Uh, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> And all of these um, experts and what have you, I think ultimately um, we're all a bunch of people who um, believe that music cult- and the broader cultural sphere um, offers up not just opportunities in terms of economic opportunities, which is really critically important, but also because it is about us. It is about that cultural confidence and it is about honing in on these assets that are um, outputs of us as a creative people. So that contextualizes why I'm so passionate about this, because I believe it, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. All right. Um, let me just start the ball rolling here. Josanne, as I said, I'm kind of happy that you're here. But I, I recognize you in terms of a wider Caribbean music industry and being knowledgeable, of course, working here, working there internationally and conversing on this thing about the industry. Of course, as we know, Trinidad and Tobago has been pushing since probably the 90s. The idea of a music industry as being one of the economic diversification in industries in Trinidad and Tobago. And um, we have varying opinions about whether it's going to work or whether or not it's going to work, right? Um, well, based on what we've seen so far, so let's say since the 90s, when Trinidad and Tobago went to Midem Latin and when the Kiskidi Caravan and when Amar Studios were still around, and you are part of the Amar Studios. What do you think has been the progress so far? And we'll have a conversation going back and forth to see what, it, what can happen and what should happen and what models are working and what models are working, not working. Well, I mean, you, you've, you've gone back to the 90s, but of course, the history of music, and um, even though it may not have had the, 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 um, the definition of being the music sector or the music industry. I mean, this country and this region historically has outputted, has created and outputted a significant amount of intellectual property, um, over, over 80 years. Um, we could talk about particular kinds of periods and or interventions. And you, you've alluded to one, Nigel. Yeah. When you talked about the 90s and the... I use that as a starting point, just from the point uh, yeah, of view but, of yeah, that. Yeah, 
thrust that the government <laughs> had certainly in trying to make the music industry a major focus. But you see, if we st- if we start there, then th- the question arises for someone like me and should arise for all of us is, well, what was there before? Mm-hmm. What was there before and how could we have or could improve or make better? And I think if we answer that question, it tells us something about our um, approach. And without apology, I would say that our approach has continued to be throw something against the wall and hope it's going to stick. Yes. In in various incarnations, however well intended, however mm-hmm. well intended. So you you mentioned Titko. I remember that Richard Lima at the time was running the trade desk. And I wrote a concept paper for him to take to the cabinet in a justification for having the cultural sector as one of the nine or eight or nine growth pools that had been identified. So that was a great intervention and it was a necessary intervention. What, what year was this? This would have been in the 90s, which is why um, um, Nigel made reference to TITCO. And of course, coming out of that would have been Medem going to going to Cannes and then going to Medem Latin America and so. And then we had the World Music Festival. But what all of these various interventions tell us, right up until the present, with Music TT, which is the is the um, the latest incarnation mm-hmm. of what it would have would have been TT Ent. Yes, um, is that we are not consistent. And we are not consistent in a number of things. And again, this is not, we're not here to bash. We're here to be honest mm-hmm. and, and reflect, which is how things improve. And as how we determine whether something works or it doesn't work. And we are not consistent because of, in my view, it comes down to the politics. It's, to me, it's to score points for that particular period in time that a party is in power. Well, I mean, one may to be, to be to be blunt because that's okay, all I well, Okay, and and one I could right, and one and one would argue, <laughs> one could argue that that is not specific to what this particular topic about music yeah. and intellectual property. It is the five-year cycle. The, the cycle once we came out of that forty-two-year run of one political party, and we've changed parties every five years with the exception of one. Right. So that doesn't just impact what we're talking about. It impacts development on a whole. Yes. Yeah. And that's something that we keep hearing as a recurring decimal. But when you, when we have to, when we have to, um, place the cultural industries on this map, it, it really is, it's, it's like having, um, maybe an ailing patient or, or, or uh, not a patient, but maybe the child that has to be that needs a little more attention. Your mm-hmm. your eight year old is going to need a different kind of care yeah. than your fifteen year old. Albeit you have to care for them. Yeah. But they need different things at different stages. And so what we keep doing is reinventing the wheel. The one thing that we have done absolutely brilliantly is that we've had Lots and lots and lots of studies. We have studies and reports, and we have studies that study the study, mm-hmm. that study the mm-hmm. study, that study yeah. that study, yes. that analyze the study of the study of that study. <laughs> and we, we are very good at good that. At that. <laughs> and good at that. why? Because that's a business. Yes, it's yes. a business. Somebody's making money. Um, money, money is made. Um, 
But the sad thing about it is whether or not the output is really what it should be or could be or could be challenged, the sad thing is that nothing is done with it. So let me ask a question because I noticed, um, look, <sighs> looking back over the years, you see the the people who drive the culture and music, they are persisting regardless of Correct. the state intervention. <coughs> um, how much do we need the state and can we achieve what we, what we want to achieve in a private capacity? Well, you know, Nigel and I sometimes have very um, strenuous arguments. What's your word, yeah? Strenuous <laughs> arguments. But there is a role for the state, as there would have been, in, as there is in any... Because the role of the state, in the ideal sense, is to nurture, to provide support, to develop, to facilitate. It is not to compete. Right. Right. And in, in some ways, it seems like when you watch some of the initiatives of Music TT, it seems as if they are trying to compete with what is already, what are people already doing in a private capacity. And, and I think, you know, and again, things, you know, my, my caveat, maybe because I'm getting older, maybe I'm mellowing in a different kind of way. Maybe I'm more forgiving. Maybe people are very well intended, but you're right. They're, this seems to be the area of the cultural sector seems to be where everybody thinks they're an expert and they know what should be done. Everybody but the people who are toiling in the vineyard, who themselves mm. need need different a different kind of education and so on. But trying to have this top-down thing and saying, this is what we are going to do for you, is really, it's it's quite insulting to the intellectual capacity, meaning the, the cumulative knowledge and experience that exists. Mm -hmm. We don't have to do things anecdotally. No one can say what's going to be a hit, for right. example, at the end of the day. It's a whole other, a whole set of things coming in. Sometimes you just hear a great song and you know, wow, it's yes. a great song. But that great song may never become a number one. Yeah. So that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about an attitude now in which it's almost... The word was used this morning, paternalistic or maternalistic. Mm -hmm. you maternalistic. Know? Well, I would say maternalistic because I want to feminize eating a little yes. bit. Okay. Sorry, okay? I'm here with two ladies. ladies <coughs> I apologize. And we're so, naturally nurturing. <laughs> but, but you see, that's it. If we, were if we had more of a nurturing approach rather than I know what is good for mm -hmm. you, this is mm -hmm. the medicine and you're going to take it and yes. you're going to like it. That is different. And it's... And it's something that we should talk about, but I think that we should really focus on some other kinds of more um, fundamental and systemic kinds of issues. We're talking about education. Mm -hmm. And I was giving him the example of what was touted as a big example um, back in the 90s. Um, I had just come back from England when I came to work with the Amar group. Um, that to me, because I'm a student of history, that to me was, in a sense, someone trying to replicate a kind of Motown model, yes. which served its purpose in its time. And even though Barry Gordy would have come in for a lot of criticism, rightly or wrongly, about what may have happened eventually or how people feel, felt that they were treated, in its time, it did something for music, but it did something for black music mm -hmm. in in an industry 
whether we like to say it or not, whether we acknowledge it publicly or not, is a very racist industry. It yes. is skewed towards white people succeeding. Yes. And, <laughs> and <laughs> pardon? <laughs> no, no. I mean, and I mean, I'm a I'm a Netflix binger. Yeah. So even even when you're looking, the last one I looked at was one that I had looked at before, and I went just enjoyed it again the other day. Was the history of the Eagles? Yes. You know. Yes. And all the debauchery and drugs and everything is in there, but you hear the same things being said about the the guys who are controlling the music mm -hmm. industry and yeah. what they didn't know and what they didn't know. When you take them as as middle America, I mean, this is country and country pop and country yes. folk and classic, which eventually became classic rock because, of course, their music peaked and was more popular after they had been disbanded or after they disbanded themselves. But could you imagine what it would have been like for black artists? Yeah. You know, so, you know, the, the, the thing is broad and wide. And I, the thing that troubles me at this stage of our development is that we do not have to say that our prescriptive model or models have necessarily to be what other people have challenged and no doesn't work or only works for a few. Yes. If we handle our stories, then we craft a way of developing talent, nurturing talent, nurturing an ecosystem, creating business, Ensuring that there's cultural confidence and positing our cultural footprint on the world by not just simply talking about the market. That's it's BS. Yeah. It's somebody else's model. So from what? So from where is it? I mean, we could we could complain and we could talk about all the issues, but tell me from you from your perspective, what exactly? You know, let's drill down. What exactly do you think we need to do in 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 a in a real way that people could? understand because i don't know that the powers that be necessarily know what they should be doing well i just don't think it's the powers that be i also think it's the people who are operating and yeah. in the absence of in everything that you need to do you need to acquire skills yeah i mean there's talent yeah and every so often you have talent that is just off the chart booksy sharp is off the chart i yeah. don't want to hear what his predilections are booksy sharp is off the chart he is He's so, our mozart I so so at the end of the day, so, but the, you know, I keep using the ecosystem. I keep using the term ecosystem. There are a whole set of things that have to happen and we have to start in could, order to read. Could you itemize? Yes. Yeah, so I'm going to start. I'm going to see one of the key things that needs to happen, um, almost as a, 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 a policy imperative is making an intervention in our education system. That that has to do with longevity. That mm -hmm. has to do with incubator. That has to do with the nursery. That has to do with your son outside being able to understand a lot about his country yes. and the cultural output and and then everything else that goes with it. So that's one that's one arm or tentacle or strand, mm -hmm. if you will. Another vital important strand has to be, somebody laughed at me the other day because I was asked to do something very, very late in the day. And I proffered that a particular ministry should champion that 40 million US dollars, not 40 million TT or 4 million TT, should be put as an entertainment investment fund or an intellectual property investment fund for these, uh, for the sector. Yeah, right. you got that figure. 
I well because they had a figure, and I say, well, that's Titi, and mm-hmm. they say, yeah, I say, well, you're making joke. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, so you it's you pull a figure out of a hat. You say fifty million. You say ten million. The point about it is not four million. Right. Not four million TT for a sector. Well, it's one million for the twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen. Well, I, I guess with music TT. Right. One. Aware. Okay. Well, uh, that's even it's worse. Even worse. Yeah. yeah. One million. You know what that's, I mean? That's one Marshall Monday concert. So, right <clears throat> so that 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 shows that people who are sitting down in these little rooms where they sit down and with all their big economic jargon and and graphs and charts and whatever. They don't have a fracking clue mm-hmm. because if they did, they would understand that if we were talking oil and gas 200 years ago or 100 years ago or 50 years ago, we talk about petrochemical and use, lose 800, what? 800 million. million. Yeah. yeah. Right. I mean, and we have 3000 or 5000 employees and what the lowest wage is in the, in the company. I mean, I wouldn't mind being a cleaner in Petrotrain. I mean, all due respect, <laughs> because my, what my wage would be, I would be able to have a comfortable career. Yeah, yeah. But I'm um, all on my perks. So if it's serious, we recognize that over 70 to 80 years, music in particular, we have a rich history of of literature and so, but the driver has been music. Yes. The music has always existed on the periphery. And they're all the sociological things that have to do with Pan, for example, and where it started. They're not sitting in the boardrooms. They're not wearing jacket and tie. Mm-hmm. They don't have that kind of respect. Yeah. Um, and, and it's the same thing with, with intellectual property in the field of sport. So this is another strand, another strand recognizing Henneman, over decades, there has been output, but what there has not been is economic support. Yes. You cannot go to the banks. The financial institutions do yeah. not understand investment rigid. in invest in intellectual property. Mm-hmm. They, they all, they are tight in the traditional sense, yeah. much less to get them to move their lenses a little bit. Yeah. To be looking at IP and so as real assets. One, one of the things that, um, I've been looking at some of these, Reports that came out of UNESCO and actually one of your Kelja, the Jelka, one Jelka, of Jelka, right? Yeah, I've shared written some and other persons at UNESCO as well as some reports that have come locally. Let's talk about financing. It's been said that um, it's one of the biggest bugbears in our industry is the ability to get financing. And we talk about the role of the state versus the role of the private sector, but certainly the one of the, the suggestions made is that the state can be the inter- intervener, correct, between a bank. And the individual in terms of trying to convince the bank or creating a, a playing field for the banks to allow for funding to the creative industries. And as I said, we asked why that started in the 1990s. The 1990s, as I said, was this policy <coughs> thrust that it was on paper. We're going to now start the entertainment music industry. But it didn't put any money. Well, they didn't, as we could see. And I mean, I, I wrote up on my blog piece some last year when I was, when the, the allocation was made about the, for creative TT. For music TT, sorry. The pain lip service. It, over the, over the life existence of music TT, the allocation for the investment fund, for, what do you call it? PSIP. Yeah. For music TT has dropped. It was, it was, it went up a little bit in the last days of, of the people's partnership. But in terms of even mentions in the budget and certainly in terms of the investment has come down. And as we know, they only got a million dollars in 2018, right? But I've, as we talked earlier about the whole idea of competition and, and these, a music TT competing with a private sector, among other things. And as I said, 
I've I've always hoped and wished that the private sector could come together as a collectively similar that the energy chamber came together. Well, how many times have we not talked industry. about it? <laughs> well, no, I, you know, no I, more than talk. I, I mean, I, I've always <coughs> I've also posited that creative people are not engineers or or manufacturers in that they're left brain versus right brain. They're not business people. Yeah, no, I, 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 I kind of, they're not business people, no, but they're, cer- they're, they're, they're certainly yeah, but have a way in terms of how we organize. They how they organize, organize thought and priorities. Or, may, or maybe the education is lacking yeah. to help them Those interventions. corral that talent into uh, something. So, for but example... So I think the idea of having a, for want of a better phrase, a music task was, I remember certainly the music TT Back in April of last year, um, the general manager put out a, a letter to a person who had gone to a conference where she mentioned the idea of a music task, which was part and parcel of the new strategic plan, right? Um, I mean, the minister rolled out the, the, strategic, the, the strategic plan, and it didn't really mention a music task force, but clearly there was something that But it didn't rule out the strategic plan. Well, no, they didn't, and I've done no. my freedom of information they, they, they to cherry, get it. They cherry-picked. Yeah, and a I've, I've, I mean, I've I've asked for it. I've so asked have nicely had, to and see as somebody who consistently over decades been involved in all of these mm-hmm. things, including that one. Yeah. And mm-hmm. there is no information other than what was rolled out at Queen's Hall. Yeah. So and, that, as as I think, um, you you're quite right. But the idea of the private sector, which was something that certainly the um the last government was pushing for. I don't know the definition of private sector may have been different, but certainly. Private stakeholders, let's use that phrase instead, getting involved and trying to make the industry a little more. Because, yes, we've had a music industry probably since Lovey. Well, we had a lot of music Trinidad, output, yes, yeah. in Trinidad. But um, what we've been doing in terms of, is probably, it's not generating enough to, to make a, a click in the GDP. Yeah. And okay. that has been something. Well, even that I would challenge. And you know why I would challenge it? And I can't challenge it from the basis of being an economist. But if there's no mapping, if there's no collection of data and no analysis of that mm-hmm. data, you, then you can't say that. Yeah. Whose job is that? You're going to go, you know, the thing about the cultural sector is that there, it's, it's a low, um, a, a, a low entry, a low barrier to entry. Yes. In other words, you can sit in your home with technology. You yes. could start a podcast. You could design whatever it is. You yes. could start to make music. You could write a book. So that's a good thing because it allows multitudes of people you mm-hmm. know not everybody is going to be good at it yeah yeah or great at it but it's a low and a low barrier entry area what is a challenge is that if even if you come up with a good product a good idea you can't get financing anyway no. you have to be self-financing you're borrowing from family you're borrowing from friends yeah you 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 know i mean and one would argue well go look how many people go to new york and go to la and wait tables but they have a system that has enabled people to be successful and and that is not just a trinidad <laughs> problem you find that it's across the caribbean the entire region. And i was wondering if <coughs> if you know if there's anywhere in the caribbean that no <laughs> okay <laughs> Answer. You know why then, we sit down here and yeah. we talk about Jamaica, but Jamaica is leaps and bounds ahead in a number of respects. That right. has to do more with the, I believe, to be their cultural confidence. Yes. You know what I mean? But trust me, my colleagues in Jamaica, these kinds of discussions happen every single day in Jamaica. Right now, Ibu Cooper fighting up with the Recording Industry Association of Jamaica, Ibu Cooper of 
of Third World, who runs, yeah. he's head of music at Edna Manley College. He just reached out to me last week to say they're going to start a crowdfunding thing. Wow. Because the only intervention wow. appears to come from the state or the parastatal agencies. And a lot of times they have people in these organizations who with the best intentions simply do not know. And they, they, they apologize, you know, they tell you that they're learning or that they were an expert in a particular area. But can I go and work for NGC as any strategist? I can't. Exactly. I have a citizen. I have a perspective. I have an ideology. I feel that the National Gas Company should be XYZ or whatever it is. But am I an expert in the petrochemical yeah. sector? I'm not. So I can't go in there and work at that kind of level to drive yes, policy. That's when it comes to the creative sector. We have all kind of people with precisely. an opinion to, to, to shape the thing. Very, very much so. And I, and I, and then this idea, like with TTN, I knew at one time it was, they would bankroll an album, but they want a return on the album. And I'm thinking, are you a record company? Are you a yeah. production company? And that's what we talk about com competing. It seems that these entities are competing with the people and who are actually doing this thing. And you know what, Laura, the thing that really gets my goat is that, I mean, I pushed over many incarnations at a local and regional level for us to get the equivalent of bringing people together around their common interests. But I understand why people are reluctant. One, creativity is a very individualistic and highly competitive thing. Yeah. And because the business ecosystem is not buttressed or mm -hmm. is not enabled or um, supported, people figure, you know what, I do what I need to do. For more. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and exactly. that more thing means that, no, nah, nah, I mean, going to no thing because then I got it this and waste yes. time with that. Yeah. And the creatives, people in the creative sector, they only treat it with respect. You know, we, we're always, I would say we, because maybe in some past life I was a musician, um, an addendum. You have in a corporate event, you go have a band or you have a singer yeah. with a little jack up something or you yeah. have something an in your agent hotel. to tourism. That's my phrase. Well, you know, I'm not entirely averse to a link with to tourism. tourism. I'm not, but I, it doesn't start there. You'll that, start that up. is actually, <laughs> to me, that's just actually one of the ways, the pathways exactly, in which somebody exactly, could be in. Exactly. So if you, if you go and you work on a cruise ship like Chris Garcia and them, that's yeah. what they're doing. They're earning their keep because that's where they, they can no find choice. employment. They have no choice. And it's also legitimate employment. Yeah, it is, it's it's legitimate. But you don't start there. Yeah. You don't, cannot start there. Yeah. You know, so when I go to Presentation College or Naprima College and talking with young people about careers, even when they ask me to talk about this area, I almost feel like I'm being a little disingenuous because there is no career for them. There is no career for them. Uh, Josanne, we could talk for hours. Well, we have to actually. Yes, Lloyd best to. say that we had to talk. Yes, because yeah. there's so, so many things I want to touch on. I'm even, I mean, we are in the media. We could have a part two. We, can, we, we <laughs> need to have a part two, three, and four. Because, I mean, things like, you talk about the ecosystem, and I want to talk about the role of, of the media. media. Correct. Not just, not just, I mean, with television, you talk about education, there's a, a role there to create programming that could, you know, yeah. help help to educate people about this thing and our history. Um, So we could touch on that briefly. We have a little time. Right. So what, you... what is the role of the media? Because I look at two things. One, from the programming point of view. And two, as, as media people, you know, when all these American stars go all over the world, there's media, they're covering every movement they make. And we don't get that here. Like, our oh, artists after carnival disappear into the world. 
and we have to rely on their Instagram feeds or whatever to tell us what's happening. Yeah, well, I mean, the the, the thing with media is twofold because media in its media by itself as a sector is part of the creative sector. It's, you know, it's in the business of copyright. And then media as it fulfills its role of education and information and that kind of thing. Um, and, and I think that we fail miserably on both fronts. Um, for me, I mean, the, the, the debate, if one wants to say, okay, what OCM does and CNC3 does and all the, the so-called private, but this is my take on media. Media utilizes part of the natural resource of the country, which is the telecommunication spectrum. Spectrum to me is, is in, is part of the genetic makeup of this intangible economy. And so, just as it happened, I think it was under the Manning administration, that when they, they began to think that all of these big multinationals coming in here in the oil and gas sector, that we need to develop, you know, it's what we negotiate for. We're in our own table, you're coming in, you're getting tax holidays and yeah. this, that and the other. We want to develop a cadre of skilled people so they have the MIC and yeah. the, the energy training, whatever it is. It's the same way. <clears throat> so whether it's Flow, Digicel, um, or any of their incarnations, to me, not just the license fee in terms of the telecommunications authority, but if we locate, and this is where we don't join up in terms of what government does, you have TAT doing its thing one way. You have public mm -hmm. admin doing something another way. You have Ministry of Trade doing something another way. You have culture doing something another way. That if this is important to national development and you are seeing what you can unleash in terms of the engagement of your people, prosperity, people working for themselves, content, output, whatever, then you have to have a plan as government. You have to have a plan. That trickles down to everybody. That, that, that everybody is, and you'll be able of. to deal, deal with it at different levels. Right. So, so we should have the broadcasters. We should have had, after 50 odd years plus of independence, a, a local content development fund that they all subscribe to. Yes. Because it's the right thing to do. We ain't interfering. We're going to tell your shareholders at the end of the day. And there is no reason to shut down CNMG. But it's going to be called TTT. <laughs> there is a role for this enterprise to be a you are aware, platform. You are aware of that the broadcast policy, which came out in 2003-2004, Lenny said was a minister, spoke about local content quotas. He was adamant that we were not going to put <clears> that in and, and that how we'd have to compete internationally and compete among ourselves. Don't start me. I, me neither. <laughs> me neither. Because the other part of that was, it wasn't too long after that they wound up, um, remember it was NBN and they formed yeah. CNMG, effectively, yeah, just, right? Just mash up everything. But once, but when like, Maxi Coffee, um, when he was making the announcement really winding up of CNMG, <laughs> he admitted that it did not work out economically, right? And the idea of the state media was was uh, was uh, kind of at the forefront of also of the idea of local content because they were not going to enforce local content legally, which is what other activists were asking for. But they were going to create a national broadcasting service. That national broadcasting service became CNMG. And CNMG was told to compete to compete in the marketplace. And it failed effectively. So they had, three, can't. They had three radio stations. They closed on two. And they have the television station that's going back to the old brand of TTT. And it, and it is, it is shown to me at least that 
the state's intervention into the media landscape has not been as successful when it is when there is competition. Well, so when there was TTT, well you know, I, you know, it's like with tourism. Let me just take it away very quickly on this point. The idea of just using numbers mm. as your singular metric to determine success is BS. I agree. So the fact that we do not have airlift to London because we were dead and we give it up, yeah. then we went back again and we give it up again. There is a knock-on effect to people doing business to even yes. even this area that we're talking about, tourism and cultural. So because we don't mind paying, subs subsidizing the seats of American Airlines and British Airways and Tobago was doing yeah. Condor and what have you because we want to keep the carriers coming in. But we talk about the fact that our airline has to go out and compete. I'm, that is not to say that I'm not saying that we do not need to be more efficient and we need to have better management and more accountability. But the economic count, the track has to be more than the numbers. Mm -hmm. What is the negative impact on the development of a sector when you just bring it down to say how much money you make last exactly. year? Exactly. You understand? Exactly. And so at the end of the day, Counting the benefit of a state enterprise means that what is the value of ensuring that we have an ongoing, well, to the BBC, even the BBC of all these years with TV license in one of the countries that, yeah. that perpetuates the free market system, it still exists. It still exists. Whether you watch the BBC or not, you have to pay your TV license every year. Yes. And look at what the brand of the BBC is globally, globally. So I do not subscribe to this pedestrian neoliberalism that we take up in the Caribbean. We have to say, okay, you know what? For the next 10 years, this is what we're doing. It doesn't matter which government comes, which government goes. This is important to the development of the cultural sector. Mm -hmm. And and you put the people in the business part of the, ra the radio and TV station who understand the changing environment of media and how to it's run... It's the focus, Josan, because the focus is not people. Yeah. And if the focus is the development I, of I'm people, so then, then the, the policies will be different. I'm tired of hearing this word, you have to compete yeah. and you have to be viable in the It all comes down to making money. It's not about anything else. Yeah, but if it's a bit about making money, if it if it is that what you're saying, Shilatin, then why we have so much crime and why we have so many urban youths involved in crime and because, totally because off somebody, the radar. Because somebody benefiting. Right. Somewhere. So if you understood that, you would understand that a lot of them in music and sport yes. and in the non-traditional yes. areas and you would get them off the streets. And, and if you, you look at the underground music in Trinidad, <coughs> you will see that a lot of them from the so-called gangs are That's making waves are. right now on the ground with yeah. music. You know, so I, I don't I, I don't even want to have a discussion with anybody who start off by talking about the enterprise do make money. So no, but what I'm saying is that, that at the end of the day, there is a benefit and the benefit has to be counted. Yeah. This is what we do as a people. We need media because our kids are Kardashians. Yes. They all, you, yes. you want to know why they think gangsterism is cool? Because every other program on American television is just promoting that. Yes, yes. So thank you, Josan. We could, listen, we definitely have to have you back. Not a problem. For sure. I um, so. I, I enjoy talking to you a lot. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's like an oasis well, I, mean, I, like, I can suck from that, that in some oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> On that note. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This was another edition of Music Matters, the Caribbean edition.